Hello, it's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. show we are joined by Adam Shibley and he's an author coach and podcaster so hello there hello Shelley I am really excited to be here and hello audience Uh, thank you for allowing me to uh, to speak a little bit on your podcast it's always fun it's always fun to visit with somebody else's show oh bless you bless you don't let myself down now because I know you are a fellow podcaster so we'll (laughs) see how we go (laughs) don't give me marks out of (laughs) ten There will be a vote, and it'll be like uh, like like Britain's Got Talent or something like that. Like it'll be it'll be like that. There'll be giant red X's or or check marks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> people can be so bored now because there's not listeners. There's not. <laughs> it's just Adam and I, and we're going to talk about your amazing positive change. So I know it, but the listeners don't. So please do share your positive change. All right, my giant positive change happened in the year 2007, way back in the, the, the early 2000s. Um, I uh, found myself in a place in my life where I weighed 327 pounds. Uh, I had a lot of emotional baggage and my relationships. I, w- I wasn't happy with those. I wasn't happy with my health, obviously. Lots of financial issues going on. And I had friends that were trying to help and I didn't really see it. So I had somebody that, that let me borrow the DVD, uh, The Secret, The Law of Attraction. And I pretended to watch it and I gave it back to him. And I thought, <laughs> I don't need that, you fool. Uh, while I'm, I'm like a magnet for all the things that I don't want and I just don't realize it. So then the DVD comes back into my life a few months later and I had let it sit on my DVD players collecting a nice thick uh, amount of dust on the top. And for whatever reason, one day I just sat down and I watched it. And Shelly, that was the first time that I'd ever been exposed to any sort of personal growth or personal development material. I'd only just read like Sports Illustrated and things like that. I didn't do a whole lot of reading uh, or uh, investment in myself. And it was just like, like having the lights turned on in the room for the first time. I felt very clear. I felt empowered. And that was the, the moment of change for me when I realized that I had kind of been pointing the finger of blame outward for all these things in my life and going, it's this person, it's this circumstance, why me, I'm the victim. And with that knowledge of the law of attraction, I was able to turn that finger of blame and just place it in the center of my chest and go, you know, if, if I really want to initiate change, I'm going to have to change. I have to take personal responsibility. And I, I started that night and it, it all started to, to uh, unravel from there. And uh, you want me to dive into the story about what happened over the next five years or, or do you want to? Yeah, okay. no, I okay. do. I'm okay. sitting here and I'm like, oh my God, I love this. Okay, so <laughs> this is where it gets really good, Shelly. I sat down that night and I mapped out a process that I now teach people that I call my lifestyle rehabilitation statement. So it's it's affirmations, it's goal setting, it's accountability, all kind of wrapped up into one process. So I sat down that night, I mapped out what I wanted to create in my life and what I wanted to attract in my life over the next five years. And I'm not 100% sure why I chose five years, but I felt like I, I needed some time. This wasn't like a five month 
overhaul. I had a lot of stuff that I need to work on. So I gave myself some buffer time. I gave myself some grace to, you know, some, some time to work on this. So I had a five-year plan. I set a goal of, uh, this was July 12th, 2007 to July 12th of 2012. And I wrote down all the goals that I wanted to achieve. Then kind of with the formula of the law of attraction with the secret that they teach, everything was written out in present tense as if it had already been achieved and it was in positive tense. So I, I, I wouldn't allow myself to put any negative words in there. I didn't want to repeat the word debt all the time. So I, I chose the word abundance instead of I'm free of $40,000 of credit card debt. It is I live in financial abundance. And you know, I wouldn't mention the word stress or anything like that. So it's all mapped out in a positive tense. So that was the, the affirmation part and the goal setting part. But then there was the implementation part. And what my favorite, one of my favorite things to say is you can't spell attraction without action. So this is where the action came in. I was attracting and my mindset had shifted now. Now it was time to act in line with that on a regular basis. So the process and the promise that I made to myself was, for the next five years, I will wake up in the morning, I will read these out loud, I will feel it, I will set the tone for the day. And then at the end of the day, I will break these affirmations out again, I will read my statement, I will feel it, I'll put myself mentally in, in that place, I'll really feel it in my heart. And then I'll ask myself the question, what did I do today to get closer to these things? And if the answer was nothing, I had to do something before I went to bed. All right, so that was wow. the promise that I made to myself. I said, I can... I'm worth it. You know, the effort is worth it. I can, you know, prep some healthy food. I can read a blog. I can send an email. I can make a business connection. I can read a book. I can do something every day. I'm not going to fix everything all in one day. And, you know, but it's just about chipping away consistently. So over the five years without fail, I never missed a morning, never missed an evening. Didn't matter who was around. I did it no matter what. Over the, ne wow. <laughs> over the next five years, uh, I lost hundred pounds. As I started doing that, I started attracting people into my life that started, that needed help losing weight. And they started asking me how I did that. And I started to help them. This became a business, which became a program where I, I started running space and running boot camp, fitness, uh, and health coaching programs. So I lost hundred pounds. I helped 15 other people in my hometown lose hundred pounds. I helped my hometown and in, in all lose 35,000 pounds. Again, I'm talking in pounds, so your audience may or may not know what the heck. I, it's a lot of weight. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. So, uh, That's all you need to know. 100 it's a lot. pounds, we figured, is like, what, what do we say? It's like 44 kilos. So, uh, and I don't know how it's many. That's seven stone. That's yeah. seven stone. All right. Yeah. So that's 100 pounds. So I helped 15 people lose seven stone um, and then multiplied you know, into 35,000 pounds in five years. But I also got rid of $40,000 of credit card debt. I found the woman of my dreams, fell in love, started a family, got married, created a business, had employees. And on July 19th, so one week late on my, my destination date. So my, my destination date that I had read for five years was July 12, 2012. I was going to achieve all these things uh, by that date. One week after that date passed, I checked off the last thing on my list that I had set five years before. And that was opening up a brand new facility on a specific street with, I wanted 50 people there uh, to, to be coached by me, but I ended up having a hundred instead. It's 6 a.m. in the morning. There were a hundred people standing there in my brand new 8,000 square foot facility. 
uh, oh. ready to learn from me. And that was the first time I ever revealed the story I just told you. And people were just like openly weeping and <laughs> like, this is crazy oh. that this guy that weighed 327 pounds that was depressed, that was just feeling like there was no place for him in life, made a decision in one day, mapped it out, and then just put in work for five years and this whole other life was created. Um, so that, uh, that's my story, Shelley. That is amazing. I absolutely love it. I love it from the secret DVD with dust on it. Sounds like my house, but I just love it. And it's the small positive changes. Obviously I go on about quite a lot. That's what the podcast is about, but I just love it. And like, if you've got like, if you're putting things off for five years time going out like, in five years time, I'll get the job I want. That's not good. But when you're actually mapping it out and you did it every single day, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm going to let you off that week late thing because that is amazing. It was a zoning issue too. <laughs> like it, my, the, the threshold on one of my doors had too much something on it and they had to rechange the door frame. And that's what put me behind a week. I'm like, you don't understand. This is, <laughs> yeah. this the universe my dream. is watching. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I blame the, the, the local zoning department on that. But no, you're exactly right. It's about it's about consistent implementation. So people who listen to podcasts and people who listen or watch YouTube videos, people who attend events and workshops, we're good at sharpening the ax. We're good at learning. We're good at gathering information. We're good at organizing. But a sharp ax is no good if we never swing it. And that's what I did every single day. I was sharpening my ax. I was improving myself. I was doing self-development. But then I would act every day, something, swing the ax. Someday, if there's a giant tree in front of you, someday you'll chop down the whole tree. Someday you'll swing and miss. There's everything in between. But the act of planting your two feet on the ground, grasping that ax and, and actually swinging, that's the important thing. Yeah, and I loved your affirmation that you said. You said you can't spell attraction without action. Yes. And it is the taking action. Like we can all have dreams, but if we're just dreaming, it's in our head and we're not physically doing anything. It just stays in our head. It will die with us, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I love to make really, really abundantly clear to people is that I, did I sit and do affirmations and did I put myself in that place and did I get, you know, in my mind and really program my mind, reprogram my mind? In fact, yes. But I didn't just sit and just leave it at that. Like you have to go out and go, what opportunities am I, are open to me today and have your mind open. That's why I did it in the morning. Uh, and at night, because in the morning, it kind of, it got my brain clued in to the opportunities that I was searching for. And then throughout the day, it's like if you buy a new car, and then I'll, you've never seen that car before, and then you start seeing it drive around once you, yeah. you have that car. It's the same principle. Like you put the opportunity that you're looking for in your mind, and then you will notice opportunities to, to drive into that and lean into that throughout the day or throughout the weeks and, and months and years like I did. So that was really important. And then you, then you do act no matter how scared you are. I, I remember the first time I had started gathering people that wanted to do you know, a group fitness program with me. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to have like, I'm going to actually be earning income on this. This is amazing. <laughs> but then I had to find a space to, to rent to, uh, to actually have these classes take place. And there was a local martial arts studio that I, I really respected the owners. I was very nervous. I was like, okay, I'm going to ask him if I can rent some space from them, you know, in the nights and weekends. And I remember I, that email sat in my inbox for at least a week. I was so nervous because <laughs> of the fear of failure. Where if they say no, then what am I going to do? You know, then where am I going to go? And I could have just, they could still be sitting there in my drafts folder and then none of this would have ever happened. But I hit send. I had the courage to do that. And I said, well, 
know, what's the worst that could happen? She could say no, and then I have to work a little bit harder to find another alternate, alternate route. So she said yes, and you know, the whole story unfolded like it did. But uh, having that courage to really believe that you and, and your best life and the goals and dreams that you have, they're worth the effort. We can't take a day off on our goals and dreams, Shelley. I absolutely love that. I mean, I'm still blown away at the start where you said that you're always pointing the finger of blame around you. And then one day you just turn it back and point to yourself in the chest. Yeah. I just thought, my God, that is so powerful that we do. I think we're all guilty of playing victim at some point in our life. But when you take it back to you, when you like, you know, when you're accountable for your own life, it's just a game changer, isn't it? Yeah. And when I, when I talk about that, I really think that at first it's, it, we're blaming and I don't ask people to blame themselves. What I'm at, when you turn that finger inward, it's about accepting responsibility. It's not, I'm at the one that's to blame for this because that creates the mindset. You know, I help people lose, lose weight and they'll say, I'm, I got myself into this mess. So I have to get myself out of it. That's not what I'm talking about <laughs> because, no. you know, tagging in, asking for help, looking for solutions. That's a big part of this, but accepting personal responsibility and stopping the blame game outward and go, well, my parents raised me this way, or my boss treats me this way, or my spouse, you know, I have, uh, I mostly coach women, but I do have a few men and I've had a few men come through the ranks that say, well, I can't follow your diet because my wife won't cook me the right food. And I'm like, hello, the year 1950 <laughs> called and they want their attitude back. Uh, so, but that's what I'm talking about. Blaming like this external thing. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's time to learn how to cook, dude, but let's go. Uh, let's man up here. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's cook some eggs or something. Let's, let's get a toaster, a toaster oven. Um, so that's what I'm talking about. Making that shift of all this outward, you know, reasons why we can't succeed into what can I control? What can I personally do? Who can I surround myself with? How can I level up my, my, my tools and my transformation toolkit or my life toolkit and get the job done. Then we go to work. Yeah. I, I know like people come to you to lose weight, but the psychology behind why they have the weight or how they perceive themselves must be huge. Is it a really emotional job? Yeah. And I mean, I've walked that path. That's, that's one of the most powerful things that I can provide as a coach is that I've been there. I still struggle with food addiction. I'm the, I'm the type of person that you put, certain items in front of me, like pizza, donuts. I've, I've, have you ever seen any like the, 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 uh, like the hot dog eating competitions on TV, Shelly, or anything where they're just like cramming them down? Yeah, because I've got a teenage son, Adam, so I get to watch these brilliant things, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's really mind stimulating. <laughs> so I'm like that. Like I've done, you know, when I was large, I would do pizza eating contests. I once ate a 12-pound pizza by myself in under an hour. Uh, I have a trophy about eating donuts. Yeah. So, uh, but it's funny now, but those types of foods had power over me where once I start, I can't stop. And, you know, walking that path and all the mental issues that come with that and, and learning and overcoming those, then I can, you know, it's kind of like if you watch people doing an obstacle course race, they're kind of trudging through the mud and they come to that big wall and it's really hard to get over that wall yourself. And, somebody reaches their hand down and they, they help you get over the top and then you return the favor. So that's me right now. I'm at the top of the wall pulling people over saying, I know this is hard. Let me help borrow some of my energy until you build up your own. And here we go. So that's, um, that's the mindset I take uh, as a coach. And that's, I mean, honestly, Shelly, that's what I feel like 
I've been put on this earth to do is to add that yeah. energy to other people and help them along the journey. I believe you probably are put there for just that because your energy is amazing. I just love it. When people are going through it, I mean, you know, we make choices every day, negative, positive, you know, same our time and energy. But when you get to the end and you find yourself, like you found yourself with your dusty DVD, you know, you think, okay, I've got to create change and you're there and you're, you say, it's not really blame, you're not blaming yourself, but do people have to go through like stages of forgiveness, like self-forgiveness? Yeah, I 100% believe that's true. And just, you know, once you come to the point where there's just a line in the sand and you're like, okay, I can keep going and kind of living on the, on the path where there's a lot of fear and scarcity mindset. But what if there's this other option where every day you really love your life and you feel really good and you have abundance and isn't it worth at least trying to go down that road? And it's scary because the fear of failure is there, especially with weight loss. A lot of people keep that on themselves. Like I said, they're like, Oh, if I, I got this, I got myself into this mess. I've got to get myself out. Uh, I've lost 30 pounds uh, and, and regained it back and forth 12 times. What's wrong with me? I should be able to do this on my own. But there's a lot of mental gamesmanship happening in our, in our minds. And we have to let that go. And we have to realize for things to change, we have to start thinking differently. We, ha we have to personally change. And we have to give ourselves a little bit of uh, grace and a little bit of buffer. And we have to let things go that happened in the past so that we can move forward. And that's, that's kind of that decision-making. But to me, the thing that really helped me get through that was that process of the affirmations and envisioning what I was going to create. That kept the people and the, the type of life that I wanted to create top of mind. So all the negative stuff and that negative voice, you know, that, that devil sitting on your shoulder whispering, you can't do this, why are you even trying? That really helped silence that a lot for me. Okay. I'm just going to ask, like when you are like largely built, when you have carried the weight and stuff like that, you're saying about the fears or the blocks, like the guy saying, oh, well, yeah, my wife does my meal, so I can't, you know, so people create those blocks. Do you think that even though they might not like themselves in that moment, there's a kind of safety there that that's part of their identity? You know, they've always been told, well, you're large. Is that, do they cling on to that even though they don't like what they find? Yes. And it's amazing that you bring that up because there's a, another process that I teach that I call your transformation timeline. I, I, I really like to give people a, 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 a visual image of where they stand in the journey because a lot of people are just trying really hard and they get frustrated because they aren't sure where they exist in the journey and then they quit. So what you described was the difference between phase one and phase two of what I call the transformation timeline. The first phase is where uh, I, I, I call it the, the black hole of weight loss doom, where people <laughs> lose weight and regain it back and forth. And it's kind of do that. And that's the normal. A lot of people, just like what you just described, people feel safe there. They're like, I'm the person that is trying to get healthy. I'm the person that is trying to lose weight. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But they're very comfortable in that. Uh, in that zone right there in phase one. Phase two is what I call new purpose. Uh, it's, it's called uh, the health and lifestyle balance. And the third phase is called new purpose, new identity. So in the second phase, you find a new balance between your health and your lifestyle. And you have to be outside of your comfort zone because all of a sudden, you aren't the person trying to lose weight. You're the person that has lost weight, that has achieved a goal, that has 
achieved health. And you have to let go of that mindset of when am I going to mess this up? When do I fall backwards again? When do I screw this up again? Like I talk to people every single day, Shelly, and this is always on their (laughs) mind. I'm so fearful. Like they're living in fear. I said, stop it. Like this can be the new normal. This can be the new you. We have to keep the, the habits that we've built up to get here solidified. And then we start to find that balance of, um, you know, as you get started on, on a larger health journey, you're going to sacrifice some time and money and efforts and, and give up a few things that you kind of like some treats, but we can find balance in this second phase. And that takes work. So I tell people, if you're feeling uncomfortable, good, you're in the right spot. That means we're, we're moving to phase two. <laughs> we're letting go of that, that black hole of weight loss doom. That's good. But we can't freak out and go, Adam, I can't maintain this. That's when they jump back to their, their comfort zone. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's a, a picture that I like to paint for people. Yeah, I just wondered, I had an auntie and she was large. I mean, I don't know if you have the same dress sizes over there, but she was like a size 30. And she said she tried to lose weight and maybe she did a few days here and there, but she got really honest towards the end of life. She had a t- terminal illness and she just got to that point, a bit like I'm like, I'm, I'm not terminal, I just tell it as it is. And she become like me. And she was saying, but I identified my weight. When I had my weight, I never had to learn to drive, you know, because if I'd lost weight, I'd had to fit behind the steering wheel. People say, why didn't you drive, you know? Yeah. And she created her life around her weight, you know, a bit like I might say, I'm an author, this is my book, this is my life kind of thing. She was like, her weight became her story. And that's why I was asking, you know, do you find that quite a lot that people don't move on because they have that, who am I? Yeah, Yeah. I think that that identity is locked in. And again, that's where they're very comfortable. And we play all these mind tricks on ourselves, Shelly, like, what if, what if I fail? Well, yeah. I'll, I'll pose a question. What if you don't fail? What, what, you know, <laughs> let, let, let's think about that side of the coin as well. What if you create a life and a, and a body and relationships that are just everything you've ever dreamed of? That's what I was able to do in five years. You know, picture that. <laughs> and, and, that's, and what does it take? Effort, sacrifice, implementation. And is it worth it? A thousand percent. Yeah. And it's like I say, like every day we make choices. Like we get up in the morning and I always do five things I'm grateful for and why. And then I rate my day. So I always do like an eight to a 10 because then, like we said earlier, you're setting the tone, the intention of the, how the day is going to be. So in the morning, you wake up, you could be sort of like today, I'm not going to have a donut for breakfast. I'm going to have fruit. You know, if you eat trash for the rest of the day, that's up to you. But you know, you have to do something every day and it's starting, isn't it? Starting the day that way. Yeah, you start, you initiate momentum from the time you, your feet hit the floor and you get up and you set the tone for the rest of it. You're exactly right. And being intentional and not just floating through life, like making the little decisions, little anchor points like you just described. Uh, I ask some of my clients if they really feel like there's just so much going on, there's so much stress and they just want to you know, be all in or all out. I said, it doesn't have to be that way. Let's make one promise to yourself. What's the one thing you promised to yourself, not to me, to you, what do you promise to yourself that you will do come hell or high water every single day for the next seven days? So it could be having a healthy breakfast. It could be going for a walk for 10 minutes, but it's like, no matter what, that is the anchor habit. You do that because you made a promise to yourself and they make it happen. You're like, all right, we just proved ourselves for seven days that we can make space for this. Even though we thought we had zero time to do anything, we made space for this. Now let's just kind of 
buffer that out just a little bit more. If we can, you know, what's the next habit or what's the, that maybe we expand that time a little bit, but sometimes people need to prove it to themselves so they can actually do it. Yeah. I think that's a huge part of it, isn't it? The self. I mean, sometimes we want that external proof that we can do it. You know, that, you know, the parents thing still is that you always want your parents to be proud of you and you always want someone like a coach to be proud of you, yep. but it does come back to you. It's that finger point again, it comes back to you, yep. you know, your non-negotiables what you're going to do every day exactly exactly personal ownership it's huge yeah i love it so your tools and techniques we spoke earlier about the seven necessary steps that you talk about are these as well as the timelines or is this something separate it all kind of weaves itself together uh, yeah i when i you know get on stage or i i've got a a little free mini course on my website i call it the seven necessary steps of long-term weight loss success and these or just seven principles. It's kind of like a checklist that, that I operate with, with people that I'm coaching or people that I'm trying to inspire or influence uh, through my podcast. And it, it's something that in nutrition and in fitness and in weight loss, there are a lot of, there's kind of like a team mindset or a camp mindset. They're like, I'm vegan or I'm keto or I'm Weight Watchers or I'm CrossFit or I'm yoga. And I say baloney to all that. <laughs> the seven steps apply to anything. Like if you do these seven things, you're going to be better off for it. So you, you want to run through them real quick? Yeah, no, I'd love yeah. it. I think it's just so helpful. Like the psychology behind it. I know so many people struggle with their way. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Come on. <laughs> so the, the, the first one is that you operate from a definite game plan. Like you have a plan and a lot of people are like, well, I'm on a diet. A diet is not a plan. I'm talking about having almost like a business plan. Uh, you know, like Shelly and I are both entrepreneurs. We, we're not going to go a month or a week without, you know, having some sort of plan for our, our, our podcast and our, our business. But we do that with our health all the time. We're like, I'm just going to try randomly. Uh, and, and I'm on a diet. Okay, well, for today. And then you, you quit being on a diet tomorrow. So I like having a 28-day game plan. And that's, that's the first necessary step is that we have that mindset of every 28 days or whatever fits your lifestyle, we reevaluate our overall game plan. Then the rest of the steps kind of go into the components of the game plan. The first one is a 28 day commitment to your nutrition. So we dive into the food and I don't like program hopping. Uh, and that's, it's an issue with podcasters, especially with health people that listen to a lot of health podcasts. I'm really good about talking about, I'm really good at, you know, you know, getting people excited about, but so are all my friends. So people will go, Monday, I'm on the ketogenic diet because I just listened to Adam's podcast. And then Wednesday, going vegan, I listened to my friend Allison Melody's podcast. And then it's like all over the place. And we never, even if we do get a result, we don't know what worked because we're switching around so much. So I ask people that the second uh, necessary step is to commit for 28 days and we don't change anything. I don't care what it is, just go for 28 days. So we can know if it worked or did not work. We have that experience. We have that learning factor and we can move, move forward and use that. Uh, the third necessary step is the same thing with our fitness. So we dive in with our, our fitness and commit for 28 days. Here's my routine. Here are my regimens. Here's when I'm working out. Here's why I'm working out. Uh, and, and really, you know, I'm, uh, I refer to myself as a recovering gym owner now because I, I sold my fitness facility uh, in December. Good timing, pre-pandemic. Yeah, that couldn't have been any better. <laughs> Uh, so clairvoyance could not have been any better. Uh, so um, Smug mode. <laughs> as, as a recovering gym owner, I know that everybody's like at 5 30 AM, I'm going to wake up and 
I'm going to go to that boot camp class and they never go. Like if I feel like going at, at six in the morning, never happens. So I'm telling people to book their, their, their classes in advance, pay for their trainer in advance and lay it out for 28 days. So you're fully committed. So that's the third step. Fourth step is where I start to dive into the, uh, the black hole of weight loss doom. And I, it's, it's all about escaping your transformation danger zone. So you have to identify, prepare for, and analyze the transformation danger zones. Those are, are the things that make us fall back. Uh, those life happens moments where we're on a nutrition plan, it's going well, but I go on vacation and then I lose all my, my momentum and I gain 30 pounds for the next three months. So those holes in the road that we keep walking into over and over, the nighttime eating, uh, the, the job stress that makes us overeat or, or drink alcohol, things like that. So that's the, uh, the next step that we have to really dive into. Then we look at community. Again, I've mentioned this a couple of times, Shelly. People think they have to do this by themselves. I feel like you have to surround yourself with like-minded people and get over your ego, release the ego, find friends, find family members, find coaches, read books, look for experts, find someone that's achieved what you want to achieve and learn from them. Find that community and do it together. Uh, the sixth step is what I call establish accountability anchor points. So accountability is huge in, in health. Uh, anytime you have a goal, I feel like accountability is really important. It's like climbing a mountain. You want to anchor on as often as possible. In case you slip, you just dangle off that last anchor point and you don't go all the way to the bottom. Uh, we don't want that. So I encourage people to look at the areas of their life where they have, uh, where they spend the most time. So home, work, family, community, church, maybe gym, and try to establish a healthy accountability anchor point in each one of those. For example, you could do a healthy meal preparation day on Sundays with your family and getting your kids involved and, and things like that. Uh, you could have a bike ride meeting with your friends that uh, maybe you normally go out for drinks after work and once a month you do a bike ride and that could be like your, your work thing or a walking work work lunch Wednesday, or we all bring in healthy food one day a week, or there's, you know, so little things like that. Those are accountability anchor points. And then the last necessary step is that we do the first six consistently over time. It's not gonna be perfect over time. It's not do them all perfectly and, and never <laughs> mess up. And you, you know, if you mess up, you must start over from the beginning. No, it's consistency over time, showing up for yourself, showing up with this process, establishing habits. If you do that, it's eventually going to become a lifestyle and you don't have to think about it so much, which is a nice place to be because you're operating uh, the habits of just becoming autopilot at that point. So those are the, the seven necessary steps that can be applied to any nutrition protocol, any fitness protocol, any sort of health based goal. And if you can check those seven boxes, um, you're going to be in a, uh, on a trajectory for success with your health. I love it. I think, you said about like health and nutrition, but I think it can be applied in any area of creating change yeah. because it is like the community, like who do you surround yourself with? And it is sort of like creating change. Like I love the ideas, like going out for a walk-in lunch or a cycle here and meal prep, but they're kind of things you could do anyway, just to enhance your life. So you're more aware, like you're with family, you're with friends, but you're doing something. And I just think it's gorgeous. Well, thank you. Even away from food and that it's absolutely fabulous. Thank you. And the, uh, just one last point on accountability that I like to make is that a lot of people fear accountability because they see accountability and they link it up with judgment. 
and they, the type of accountability that I want to promote, like if somebody hires me as their weight loss coach, I'm not holding them accountable to achieving a certain weight. I'm, a, I'm holding them accountable to the processes that they need to invest in to achieve that, that weight loss. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. So the 28 days, is that based on like the research says that if 21 days becomes, you know, is a habit and then it becomes, should we say it, neuroplasticity? Yes. <laughs> 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 Hashtag neuroplasticity. Um, yeah, it's all about neuroplasticity. That's why I designed that. Um, no, the, the 28 days, <laughs> yeah, the, the habit cycle, the habit formation, that's definitely a part of it. That's part of what I teach people. We have, uh, I've got a, a little workbook that I use that one of the things is a habit tracker for the month. We have one anchor habit that we track and they make X's on a chart. How many days in a row can you string together X's that you achieve that habit? But uh, the 28 days, I feel like it's also a, a fair amount of time to give something to actually work. I think if you really try your best, and again, not perfect, but if you're 80% of the way there, 75% of the way there for 28 days, you'll have enough time to, to analyze whether this is working or not. Does that, make, does that make sense? Yeah. So in the 28 days, you're choosing one thing. So that could be like, for 28 days, I'm going to exercise 10 minutes every day, or for 28 days, I'm going to have a healthy breakfast. Is that right? Or you're doing loads of changes? Well, the, the, the overall game plan has several changes, but we have that one anchor habit that we really focus on in the 28 days, like you just mentioned. But for 28 days, we're not going to make a change. Like if you decide to go vegan, you're going to do it for 28 days. Like it's not going to be, let's do it for a couple of weeks and then dabble with this and that. Or <laughs> if you're going to work out uh, and meet with a trainer Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're going to commit to that for the next 28 days and give it time to work. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're choosing one like non-negotiable yes. and then you're going with it. Yep. I absolutely love it. So you're an author as well. Yes. As well as, we are matching, aren't we? We're authors and podcasters. <laughs> Didn't used to be a nurse, did you? <laughs> well, maybe in a past yeah. life. I don't know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I still did it this life as well. <laughs> but you're an author as well as a podcaster. So tell us about your book. Yeah, my book is called The Third Component, How to Increase Your Weight Loss Results on Any Nutrition or Fitness Regimen. Uh, it's, it's about that um, that whole principle of identifying, analyzing, preparing head for your transformation danger zone. So I just walked through all the mindset around that, uh, that step that I talked about where we have to realize where those kind of slippery areas are in our life. And instead of blaming, oh, this trainer failed me or this program didn't work or this diet didn't work, if you stress eat because your job or your boss is a jerk and you go home and, and blow your diet, that's the issue, not the actual diet. So that's what the book is about, how to apply basically the seven necessary steps to uh, anything to get better results. That's great. Do you have a strange habit over there that people over here, like October, November time, will try and lose weight ready for gaining weight at Christmas? Or is that just an English thing? <laughs> no. Well... We just give up. In America, we just give up. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, this time of year, it's like, well, the holidays are coming up. Forget about it. It's, I'll try again in January. That's the custom in America is, is at this, in September, October, we stop trying and, and tell ourselves that we will try once again in January. 
for at least three to five days and then we will quit trying again. So out of the 365 days, we, we try for about three to five days and then it's a little bit too much for us. <laughs> I'm all for starting like changes early on, but when you start sort of eating extra in August, probably not such a good example, is not, it? Not a good, yeah. When I first, uh, I, I worked in a few fitness facilities uh, in, uh, you know, as, as I kind of came up the ranks and January, the owners were like, all right, get ready. It's going to be crazy in here. <laughs> and they weren't kidding. It was just like, people were buying year memberships, three year memberships, and they would show up for a week, 10 days, and then they would stop coming. And I'm like, what is wrong with these people? I, like, I didn't have money to blow like that. So uh, it, it really blew my mind. But you know, it's, it's a part, I guess it's part of the learning process that we all have to go through. And eventually, when our, our why is bigger than all those why nots, it sticks, right? Yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> that maybe you've been better off selling your gym in February, because you could have got all that money from the memberships. Now, so I have these little random thoughts, see, Adam, can you tell? I should have talked to you first. Because <laughs> I know all about fitness. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a true story. Bless you, it's been absolutely amazing speaking to you. I love the mindset, I love your journey. I think there's something really powerful about coaches, there really is. But I think when you have been there, you've like walked the talk, just amazing because I think you get the emotions behind it, the triggers, you know, and you're living proof that it's doable. And I never know if doable is a word, but I like it. It's like neuroplasticity, yeah. another one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> but I absolutely love it. So thank you so much for sharing. How can people work with you? They can buy your book. Yeah. Er social media. Yeah. Everything is on millionpoundmission.com. I actually, I get a lot of, uh, of uh, English people that look at my podcast and they think it's a financial podcast. They're like, I'm gonna learn how to make yeah. a million pounds. And I'm like, oh, it's an American pound. Sorry, it's about weight loss. Uh, so if you're looking to make money, wrong show. But if you're looking to get healthier, great show. Um, millionpoundmission.com. I actually have a lot of people uh, that, that tune in from England and, and, uh, and Scotland and, and the whole, you know, zone over there is, uh, I've got a lot of people that I've talked to, so it's, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm million pound mission on Instagram. That's where I hang out. Instagram is indeed my jam and that's a great place to uh, connect and reach out. And if you got, I love to connect, like I'm here to coach and add energy and I've got a lot of great free stuff on there. You can do my seven necessary steps for long-term weight loss success, free mini course. If you want me to kind of hold your hand through each one of those steps, I've got all kinds of goodies on there. So check it out and be sure to say hello when you stop in. I love it. I honestly think you found your purpose in life and I'm so glad that the secret DVD came back to haunt you. I truly am. <laughs> like a positive ghost. It haunted me. Yeah. <laughs> the universe, just one step at a time, one DVD at a time. <laughs> But I've absolutely loved it. Thank you so much. Shelly, thank you so much. And if you guys enjoyed this, please go and leave a rating and review uh, in Apple Podcasts for Shelly. And make sure you th that you mentioned that this was your favorite episode. <laughs>
if you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from shellyfknight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelley F. Knight. Life goes on. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing.